0: Welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast and welcome to our spoiler free review for Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. With today's episode, boy, oh boy, you're in for a treat. The world will never be the same. This is the Geekcentric Podcast, and thank you for tuning in to this particular terrestrial frequency. My name is Kev, and today we are set to talk about the filmmaker Notorious for telling stories within a story. He's as famous for his overhead shots of hand-placed items, as he is his well-dressed characters bathed in pastel palettes. His shots are often center-framed, but are just as likely to include immaculate tracking shots and bullseye-sharp whip pans. Of course, we're talking about Wes Anderson, which means we must be here for our spoiler-free review of Asteroid City. We'd like to give a huge thanks to our friends at Touchwood PR for letting us check out this film before it enters your orbit from Focus Features and Universal Pictures Canada on June 23rd. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geek Centric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, games, toys and collectibles, and all things geek-centric. Now, just as a Wes Anderson film is a star-studded affair, so too will this podcast star a few studs. My guests today have been French dispatched from the Isle of Dogs. They're coming in like a bottle rocket aboard the Darjeeling Limited. You'll get a rush more out of how grand Budapest these two fantastic Mr. Foxes are. More distinguished than the Royal Tannenbaums and more illustrious than the Life Aquatic, these two are as glorious to behold as a Moonrise Kingdom, Justin Darcy, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, I I, I think you got all. I nailed it in there. I got
1: it. You got yeah, to to describe us. That's very well done. How are you?
2: I'm Doing good. good. I'm ready to talk about this movie. Yeah. I think Doing your good.
1: mustache is on point today, Darcy, for yeah, this I, movie. Yeah. Did you? It feels very Wes Anderson. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. It's like curled and and everything. You feel. I feel like you just stepped out of a Wes Anderson movie to come talk to us. About a Wes Anderson movie. Oh, kind of like this movie, right? A movie within a movie, a play within a play.
0: There we go. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. (laughs) So meta. If only the people at home could see you. Um, Now, before we aren't able to be here because the car exploded, let me fill you in on some of the glorious details of Wes Anderson's latest visual treat. 1955, The American Southwest. Asteroid City, population 87, a 12-stool luncheonette, a one-pump filling station, a 10-cabin motor court hotel, a telephone booth, and slightly outside of town, a massive crater and an observatory. This weekend, the military and astronomers are welcoming five science award-winning children to display their inventions. Not far away, over the hills, mushroom clouds from atomic tests are seen. What begins as a celebration to honor the achievements of the junior stargazers receives an unexpected visitor, an alien. Asteroid City is locked down, and a fake cover story is concocted by the army, but the precocious geniuses, in a way that calls to mind the youngsters of Spielberg classics, have a plan to get the word to the outside world. Written and directed by Wes Anderson, the film marks the 11th such feature-length project from the brilliantly unique mind of the world's foremost postmodern modern auteur. The movie features a star-studded lineup of new players and returning Anderson favorites, including... Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Adrian Brody, Liev Schreiber, Hope Davis, Stephen Park, Rupert Friend, Maya Hawke, Steve Carell, Matt Dillon, Hong Chow, Willem Dafoe, Margot Robbie, Tony Revolori, Jake Ryan, and Jeff Goldblum. Well, gents, before I run out of breath, do we think this movie belongs on the front page of every newspaper? Let's find out. Justin, let's start with you. Yeah, I really
1: enjoyed my time with this movie. I I thought it was... um... It was the right amount of Wes Anderson, uh, which you know and love. Huge cast, very Americana, uh, great visual effects and and color palette. Uh, all of the, as you described, the auteur styles of of Wes Anderson on display. Um, but there was a difference in terms of story, I found. I think that this is more introspective. I think that this is a little bit more broader. I think that it's not necessarily a, a conventional Narrative. It, it There's there's a little ambiguity in and around it. And I actually, I think when I left, you know, when we left the movie, I was kind of like, I didn't know how to feel about it. But after sitting with it, I actually kind of enjoyed that aspect. I think it, you know, from talking with you guys and thinking about it a little bit more, I think that's the point. I think that the point of the movie is to leave you thinking rather than simply feeling you know, concluded with, with the story, uh, which I, I appreciate it. I think that's a bit different for Wes. There's always a sense of closure to a lot of his movies and not that this one doesn't have uh, a strong sense of closure. I just think that the intent of closure is different because it's meant to make you think. And I appreciated that because I think that that's different for Wes Anderson in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. I think there's a definitive end to the story that we see, there could be so much more to this story. And I think where we leave the characters with it is they're just sorting to start of reflect on their own lives and their place in the world. And we sort of leave them as they go off to do that. We don't see them sort of finalize and come to those conclusions. And that, like you said, sort of leaves the viewer to set their own understanding of what the meaning of this play within a play within a movie means, not just to the characters, but to the audience viewing them. And there's this great Mm -hmm. balance of, you know, science versus faith and and real life versus maybe how you fantasize what your life is but it not it isn't actually that way and so it's really cool that it leaves you to interpret what you've just seen to your own sort of thoughts and and the way you approach your own life
1: which feels so refreshingly different for wes like it it, you Mm -hmm. know while everything feels inherently true to his style i think narratively this feels very different
2: but that could also be a a negative for some people I mean the one thing that I love about Wes Anderson of course are the characters and the, the one thing that this movie does really well is cr- make you quickly fall in love with these quirky the quirky cast and all the flaws that they have and want to see where they end up and like you guys were saying that the the end is kind of ambiguous where you know they ride off into the sunset but is the sunset going to be as bright as we we're hoping or not and I think that's one of the again one of the great things about this movie is the fact that you're left wanting more despite having a satisfying end nonetheless yeah
1: yeah, definitely like there's some deep, deep themes about life and the meaning of life. And and again, I think that these are, are very big, big weighted things that, you know, like, I think Wes can handle it, obviously, and, and but he, and he's handling it in his own unique way with this movie. But this is bigger than than anything else that he's really handled in past movies that seem more familial or, you know, relationship-based. You know, this this has that nuance of relationship-based, but it's also about the bigger picture, right, mm-hmm. of existence and life. And like you said, Kevin, like, the idea of science versus faith, what's real, what's not real, the play within the play within the movie, like, it all adds this layer of you know making you question and i think even and to a certain degree having the characters within this story question things and i think that that's that's interesting cuz it kind of puts the them in the place of where the audience is as well
0: and now that said i still think as complicated as that might seem um it really didn't feel complicated as we were watching no. it and i think no. it's a far more approachable movie for casual fans you uh, you don't have to i don't think be as much of a Uh, Wes Anderson die hard to to gravitate towards this one, say, compared to the French Dispatch, which I know a lot of people, you know, just didn't really feel uh, connected to in in the same kind of way. The characters were a bit more static. They were a bit more... uh, They served the purpose
1: for for each of the narratives, right? mm -hmm. Whereas, like... Like, you know, there's always a story within a story, as you as you mentioned with with Wes Anderson's films. But that was very literal, like three different stories that just connected in in some way. They just felt like they were Parisian French inspired stories that existed in that world. Whereas here, I think it does feel like it's almost like a return to form um, or structure because it does center around. Yes, there's stories within stories, but it is focused on a set of characters that we can follow through. You know, from start to finish, you know, on their journey and and where they, you know, where they start and where they end in this movie.
0: And now speaking of these characters, I mean, I think we can agree and Darcy touched on it. The performances here are top notch. I'll start off. This is my favorite Jason Schwartzman uh, Wes Anderson role. He's had a couple that I've really liked in the past. I really liked him um, in, say, Darje- De- Darjeeling. I know that a lot of people will point to Rushmore as maybe his standout. No, but no, Darjeeling
1: I, is my favorite as well. Yeah, he's, yeah, he he's was, the brother. He is yeah. just
0: somebody. He was, there he is, yeah. Yeah, but he was in top form here. This was like a, a mature Jason yes. Schwartzman. And yeah. I mean, what a what a month he's had uh, for for fans like us. You know, he yeah. was uh, a standout in uh, Spider Verse, and now here he is in a a more traditional role that you would associate yeah. with him. And he and he did such a great job.
1: He has this sense of like maturity and seriousness. Uh, it's it's very it's it's different for him, uh, and the comedic timing that he has. You know, he's not out overtly funny. It's almost as if situations put him. In uh, a bit of a
2: funny situation, if you will, yeah. his delivery was it was incredible. Like every time, it'd be the, he knew how exactly how long to pause to get that laugh and make it pop just perfectly. Like, yeah, again, this was Schwartzman peak form. I'd have to agree that this is now bumped to the top of the list as as best performance in a, in a Anderson film.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think his son, as well, played by Jake Ryan uh, yeah, Woodrow. Woodrow Woodrow Woodrow. Yes. Um, he was really really great as well and I think the two worked off of each other really really well as a father's father son dynamic um, just to see how the two have uh, different outlooks and different opinions and how they vary Uh, but they are very similar in in terms of their reproach and how they handle things so uh, I think it was, uh, you know, they really worked well together. And I think in a lot of ways it captured that, you know, father-son Americana dynamic that you would expect from 50s, 60s uh, father-son relationship. And, you know, Augie is the main character, but I also think Woodrow is another main character. And to see their outlook in this story of Asteroid City, it's it's very interesting uh, as the story unfolds.
0: Absolutely. We're following everything in this part of the story through their eyes and, and how they experience and interpret yeah. everything. And mm-hmm. and I think what really helps them stand out is, you know, so often Wes Anderson characters are caricatures, whereas these two are just so authentically genuine to who they are as a character that it, it feels real and kind of resonates in this otherwise pretty zany world that he's created here in Asteroid City.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is the first time we've seen Scarlett Johansson in a Wes Anderson movie, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and she was absolutely fantastic. And with that as well, uh, Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tom Hanks has had an interesting uh ride of roles, I think, over over the last year or a bit. But uh, you know, this this felt very much a um a good marriage of of you know, Wes Anderson providing a, a great character for Tom Hanks to lean into and Tom Hanks just being able to Bring what he brings and that that sort of gentleman charm, if you will. Uh, so I, I enjoyed,
0: I enjoyed his his performance in this movie. Um, and I'd I'd say with Tom, you barely get enough of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, like that, the one issue when you have a, a a cast like this is that so many of the actors and their characters feel almost shortchanged. There's almost enough time to fit in enough screen time and moments with all of them, and so while you know we we mentioned the three probably primary main characters um in uh Jason Schwartzman J- Jake Ryan and uh Scarlett Johansson Tom's kind of on that 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 borderline where like we do see him enough throughout that yeah. okay I I feel like I got my Tom Hanks fix but there's so many like Lee Schreiber feels like he's on the screen for say, 10 seconds it, and mine. I love yeah, every time yeah, he's there you know yeah.
1: Yeah, and the, all these side characters that that very they, like to your point feel very much like side characters, but they're still adding something. Like Maya Hawk and Rupert Friend, their their story very much uh, in, intertwines, and you know, Rupert Friend was was actually surprisingly uh, was surprisingly good. All I've known him for from has been uh, uh, Obi wan as uh, the Grand Inquisitor, right? So yeah. you know, to see him play uh his name's montana and man he feel like boy exactly (laughs) and he's british right so you know i think that you know again really great character acting from, from Rupert friend and, you know, Maya Hawk, uh, you know, from stranger things, uh, has done, has, you know, really become, cause come in her own as, as an actress. And, and this is definitely a, a way for her to shine in, in that, you know, again, another caricature, like there are some really great character, characters around that. Like Steve Carell is really great as the motel manager, right? I love the hotel manager. he's so, he's so funny and he's, he's absolutely hilarious. And, you know, um, Jeff Goldblum has a great role in this movie uh, <laughs> that <is laughs> It's that is small, well but there's well no part too small for Jeff small. Goldblum ex- to do well. And that's what I love. That's what I love. Like, uh, like you have such a long list of, uh, you know, a star-studded cast featured in this movie, and some people pop in, like Hong Chao's in this movie, and she just pops in for, you know, a scene or two, and then she's gone, you know. Uh, and then, you know, Margot Robbie has a surprising role in this, and I think that that's, you know, Again, it just goes to show that these actors will jump at the opportunity to work with someone like Wes Anderson, and whether the role is small or or large, they're still going to be incorporated in, and valued in in a in a lot of ways. Because I think, as much as Margot Robbie is, she's very minimally in it. She still has poignancy.
2: There's a purpose mm-hmm. to her, right? So, mm-hmm. again, that's like one of the reasons why I love Wes Anderson is that he he manages to give these characters. Uh, so much depth and personality just from a quick introduction like immediately you understand who these characters are and why you're supposed to like them and want to follow their story and this movie is a, a perfect example we could list all these characters who had you know just small roles and they're in the background for the most part like Jeffrey Wright was incredible Brian yeah. Cranston like everyone in this movie pulled off their roles so yeah. well but they're gone so fast that you want more but are okay with what you yeah, got exactly With the what they brought the movies, yeah it's exactly it, it all comes together to tell just a, a wonderfully charming story and the this is that's that's what Wes Anderson does best is wonderfully charming. I love it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, there's there's no role too small that somebody wouldn't jump at the opportunity to be in these movies and they all bring their A game when they do it. I don't think it would work if you just showed up and we're like, yeah, what, what are my three lines? I'll, I'll phone it in and, you know, you have to come and be able to take these three lines and make that character pop and be understood. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's such great chemistry and teamwork between filmmaker and his, you know, his cast.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's in the same vein though of someone like, you know, uh, Quentin Tarantino, another uh, auteur if you will. You know, you jump at the opportunity to be in a Quentin Tarantino movie, whether your role's big or small, but you're going to you're going to bring something. And usually very much like Quentin Tarantino, Wes Anderson's characters that he has, Like you pointed out, they're characters. They're designed around an archetypal character-esque feature. And I think that can be said about some of these side characters as well. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we mentioned Steve Carell as the motel manager and just his approach of being this, you know, sales forward, customer's always right character and you know there's you know there's a level of reserve to his character which I think is refreshingly different for him. Um, so I think it's it's great that he's able to you know amass so many different people and they're just willing to jump in and bring what they can to the characters
0: Well I love that you brought up Steve Carell again as I found out a, a kind of a neat little piece of trivia uh, and it sort of stems from the idea of you know returning familiar casts that are always in Wes Anderson films versus a newcomer like Steve Carell. He actually replaced Bill Murray in the role of the hotel manager. Bill Murray got COVID just before filming. Uh, and it's actually the second time he replaced Bill Murray in a movie. Bill Murray was supposed to have his role in Little Miss Sunshine, if you can believe it. He was originally oh, scheduled oh. for that. So you know, very I could see whereas I could see Bill Murray fitting into the role here seamlessly. That one's a little bit more odd, but I just find it interesting. It's the second time he's kind of hey, I got I got your back, Bill. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> um, another thing I just want to call out, and I think it's something that. Is inherently a part of Wes Anderson is uh, his uh, visual aesthetic and just the presentation of his movies uh, again this is a great example of a meticulous attention to detail it's evident in every frame you know colors are are, are you know very fitting uh, fitting for this this era of, of time that we're in some things are vibrant some things are muted uh, you know it's just it's all again just thoughtfully crafted and I you know the 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 symmetrical Compositions. It's it's always a pleasure a pleasure to look at these shots as the way you know they are th- move, the camera's tracking, or if it's just locked off on on a tripod or something like that. And I think the one thing I really appreciate about uh, Wes Anderson's movies is. Um, His approach to visual effects, uh, there seems to be a a beautiful combination of practical effects with seemingly almost like stop motion uh, visual effects that feel inherently different and feel unique to Wes Anderson, right? Like they don't feel like it's anything that you've seen before. And I think the most evident would be something like... uh, uh grand budapest you see a lot of that in, in the way that the you know the miniature of the hotel and the way things are kind of uh composed in there um but here too like with the way that uh you know the explosions happen the way the tr- the the cactuses look um and that was all by design there was a lot of set design elements mm-hmm. that were placed to make this environment which apparently was shot in spain so <laughs> Wow! This desert wow. was Spain uh, and, uh, you know, they set up cactuses and made a road and everything like that. So, again, it's designed. Again, we, we keep referencing the play within the play. The set design was designed as a play. And I think that that's really that's really smart and it helps to sort of lean into, I guess, again, that that era that we're we're staying in, which is like what fifties, sixties, if you will. Uh, it, it has that 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 sort of again. I I reference it as the Americana
0: style. Of, yeah, the, that, the right. dying days of the Wild West, if you will. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. and I mean, you mentioned Grand Budapest and this and how, you know, there's all these shots with that sort of practical effect work, and it's almost, I I don't know what the word I'm looking for, it's not intentionally bad, but it's almost intentionally amateurish, and then you film it with his incredible um, technique and his incredible eye for framing. Yeah, it's not and, meant to
1: make, look believable,
0: right? Yes, yeah. it looks, yeah, very fantastical. Artificial, and, yeah, yeah,
1: fantastical, yeah, whimsical, right? It adds to the whimsy of of a lot of it, and I think that has a lot to do with what he learned when making you know fantastic mr fox and then you know later uh, isle of dogs you know just implementing stop motion um there's a great scene uh, in the asteroid, I won't give it away, but that that scene <laughs> with with in the asteroid is is very telling to the sort of visual spectacle that that Wes Anderson likes to lean into, and I, I think you're 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 right on the money there. It's not about it looking believable and real; it's about it looking uh, whimsically that's, artificial yes. you know, and and very intentional. It's all in, it's all done intentionally, and I, I think that that's great. Again, it 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 is so uh, specific. To Wes Anderson, then, and I, and I love that. I, I like that.
0: Uh, whimsy is the exact word because that scene you're talking about could have gone so many ways, and it could have almost taken you out of the movie. And instead, it elicits the biggest laughter from the audience because you're you're almost you're having so much fun looking at what you're seeing, and it's just that silliness that they they chose to sort of frame all of that in that works so darn well. And then you go to another scene. And you're looking over a character's shoulder, through a window, through another window at a character. Then you get a dolly shot panning across this room, looking out another window where characters perfectly timed walk in, do their actions. Then you frame back and you're right where you were. And it's all done like to the centimeter of perfection. Like you said, everything is so intentional that when you get the whimsical side of it, it's a lot of fun. When you get the very practical side of it, it's like, damn, that was an impressive shot. And they all sort of juxtapose uh, juxtapose through these movies to create a unique Wes Anderson feel to his films. Uh, now, was there anything that didn't quite land for you? Um, I know we really enjoyed it, but was there any any small critiques you might have?
1: I think the 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 play within the play was very smart, but. You know, I'll just refer to it now as the black and white and the color. I think we could have had a little more of the black and white to help kind of maybe round out what was going on in the world of color. For me, at least, I thought there was a bit more of an opportunity in those moments that were, uh, I think, intentionally meant to be the real, uh, the more of life uh whereas you know you're getting so absorbed in the color and again this could just be by design and again leaving leaving the audience to sort of have their own interpretations and whatnot but i think there could have been just a better balance of of seeing what was going on behind the scenes versus in relation to what was happening in in this uh you know dramatization of asteroid city
2: yeah i mean i i agree with you there i i I want to see more of the black and white, if only because I feel like that would be a perfect opportunity for to, for Wes Anderson to explore what he loves about making movies. And, and a lot yes. of that comes down to working with the actors to develop these characters. And we get teases of that throughout the movie, but it's never enough to, for me to be like... Yes, this is this is why he makes movies, and it's again just needs me wanting a bit more. That's I don't really consider that a negative per se. It's just it's something that I I walked in being like, oh darn, this could have been a bit longer.
1: Well, it's more it's more or less it just feels imbalance, right? Like Mm. I guess in that sense, like and again, like you said, it's not an explicit negative that like took me way right out. But I think there could have just been more of an opportunity. Uh, At the end of the day, I think that you could have to have less of it. You know, it could have opened and closed with this, this, you know, black and white world, but, you know, we're kind of, we're constantly being pulled in and out, in and out. Um, And at times it felt like it was meant to mean something more, especially in the way things get a little more philosophical in the black and white, things get a little more introspective, especially given the fact that like, you know, we, Adrian Brody's exists in that, in that side of the story and what his character kind of symbolizes. But I appreciated the idea of, of what, he was trying to do with that because I think in in a lot of cases when we see stories within stories with Wes they inform the larger story whereas I think here these are almost two separate stories that are made to sort of connect in in ways and layer into each other but it's it's not necessarily as clear does that make sense I I don't know if that that makes the
0: only real connection is the actors playing the characters in any given scenario right there isn't a lot of the overlap there and you know Wes is notorious for making shorter movies. I mean, nowadays movies are so long, almost too long. It's like every movie is two and a half, two hours and 40 minutes. This was a crisp, short hour and 44 minutes. And that's his runtime is about an hour 30 to an hour 50 constantly. But this is the first time where at the end of it, I was like, yeah, 10 more minutes on the black and white story to really flesh out the connection between those characters and how what we we see in the color colored world like the, the the world of color, how that was shaped by this black and white world, and almost vice versa, the impact that that world mm-hmm. has on the characters in that world.
1: There's a moment where we where we where we break from the color into the black and white with with uh, Jason Schwartzman's character that I think was supposed to mean be a lot more impactful, but I don't know if it necessarily landed as impactful. Because we didn't necessarily spend enough time in the black and white, we didn't see enough of that that philosophical questioning happening in in the black and white leading into this this moment. So I don't know. I, I guess it, I guess for me, I can see that. I, I appreciate the the uh, the 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 idea that Wes is trying to push boundaries with with the way he's trying to tell the story. Um, I think though that again, that would be my only negative is that a little more balance in how the two inform each other rather than one feeling more heavy and the other feeling a little uh, light.
0: 100%. Uh, well, what a strange experience this is. I think it's time to give our final thoughts on the movie as well as our scores for the film, which we'll be doing on a scale of one to five vending machine martinis.
2: there's, <laughs> why, there's why don't you
0: uh, lead us off?
2: Well, like, like I said, this movie captures everything that I love about Wes Anderson movies and, and elevates it to the next level. To the, the point where my only negative with the movie is that I want to, to spend more time getting to know these characters. So I think that goes to speak volumes for for the story he managed to craft and, and, and these characters he that have captured our hearts so firmly in such a short amount of time. This is a, a strong, a strong 4.5 out of 5 vending vending machine martinis
0: nice oh so the 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 machine served them strong are they that's my kind of vending machine all right (laughs) uh justin how about you
1: um you know again i i love wes anderson i love all the work that he's he's done and this is this doesn't disappoint as being a wes anderson film i think asteroid city is a delightful experience and it, it doesn't necessarily have the conventional narrative that that you would know from a wes anderson movie but i appreciate that the unconventional storytelling uh feels like it's meant to allow the audience to think a little bit more and I appreciate that Um, I appreciate what he did did it work though I I don't know again given the fact that as we were mentioning the balance between the black and white and the color. I think that was that left me wanting a little bit more in terms of adding clarity to the overall story. But that said, you know it's it's an enchanting journey into the, an imaginative cosmos and I think that it has again stunning aesthetics, stellar performances from the entire cast um, and it has a very unique style of storytelling and I think this all comes together to encapsulate what makes Wes Anderson a distinct, filmmaker and what makes his style so distinct with attention to detail characters that are memorable and of course a whole lot of whimsy and i think for a lot of fans they're going to enjoy aspects of it but i also think that uh, uh, this may be a bit of a divisive one, where some people are going to be in the camp of they really, really enjoyed it, and others that might be like, I don't know, I don't, I don't think that this is very Wes Anderson. I think he, you know, it it seems a little too outside of that box. So while I appreciate the bold swings that Wes is doing with Asteroid City, I think it can use some refinement. So I'll be giving this one a four out of five vending machine martinis.
0: I definitely agree with. With the areas of concern, if you will it's It wasn't things that sucked about the movie It's it's just things that challenged you to want a bit more uh, But one thing I think he really delivers on Is that as we've been talking about these two sort of distinct worlds They both came with these two incredibly distinct looks And it it you wouldn't have needed one to be in colour And one to be in black and white to feel that They're filmed entirely different Yeah yeah, and that was so cool. Aspect ratios and yet, are different. Yeah. yeah. And then yet at the same time, they're both distinctly Wes Anderson. Yes. yes. And we spend more time in the, co- the the colorful world. And it's maybe the most beautiful I've ever seen him film in. The, the color palettes that they use here, they, they looked like paintings. And each frame could just be frozen and be a a, a frame-worthy piece of art. And yet, as you're watching it, these paintings are moving. It was such a surreal experience during certain scenes. There's a particular one where we pan over about 12 people, each sitting at tables talking. And each one just felt like this moving painting, and I just absolutely loved it. Uh, And then one other thing we didn't really touch on was the music here. Uh, I thought Mm -hmm. it was such a cool combination of, you know, you've got this long-lost Western frontier mixed with, you know, a B-movie sci-fi film. And Anderson, uh, Wes Anderson often works with uh, longtime uh, collaborator Alexandre Desplat. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, and he's just got such a unique skill of Combining instruments uh, that don't necessarily belong together in this movie, he used everything from banjos to the Glockenspiel to violins and French horns, and just to create this this score that is so distinctly mm-hmm. this movie and the feel yeah. of this weird cowboys and aliens movie that Wes is is going for here. Yeah,
2: I just while we're on the topic of music, shout out to Rupert Friend who was credited as playing the slide guitar. He went that far for this cowboy yeah. role to learn how to play slide guitar. Yeah. Also, Seho Jorge makes his return, so that was always yep. happy. Anyway, Kev, back to you. <laughs> no, that's, that's
0: such a great point because you know for him to successfully play this song, it makes so much sense because then the soundtrack... Uh, Combines old Western movie classics from uh, icons like Tex uh, Ritter, Bill Monroe, and Roy Rogers, and so you know he he finds a way to make his own iconic '50s Western John uh, John Wayne era song, and and it fits so well, and it felt so authentic, and he felt like a real cowboy sitting around Mm -hmm. the campfire just singing into the night, and so you know uh, all the kudos to him for actually learning you know a difficult instrument like that. Uh, but just in final thoughts here, this is a Wes Anderson film for Wes Anderson fans. Uh, and yet in my opinion, I think because of the whimsy, it might be a bit more approachable than some of his, uh, you know, later, uh, latest movies in particular, French dispatch, which I know really had people divided. Even I think the four of us reviewed it for the podcast a few years ago. And we had very, very mixed feelings on that. Um, you know, so while the story combines several overlapping stories, I just found that, in some ways, it was more cohesive uh, and a complete narrative, just in that the characters were so fleshed out in in this one particular instance that you felt an attachment to them, and I felt like I really understood who they were and why they behaved the way they did and believed the way they did. And for that, uh, I was really appreciative, so I'm gonna give this movie a solid, like Darcy, four point five out of five. Vending machine martinis. I'm a I'm a Wes Anderson mark. He's in my top three filmmakers of all time, and so while I might be a bit skewed, if you like Wes Anderson, you have to check this movie out. And if yeah, you're looking for, without a doubt, yeah, if you're looking for an amazing cast of characters, this is something to check out. And if you love a visual style to your films, this is something to check out. I think there's a little something for everyone who uh, who likes and loves films the way we do.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Agreed.
0: Awesome. Well, that's it for this review of Asteroid City from Focus Features and Universal Pictures Canada, which leaves the quarantine zone and is coming to theaters everywhere June 23rd. Once again, a huge thanks to our friends at Touchwood PR for the early screening so that we could get this review to you early and let you know if this movie, Cratered on Arrival, Or if it was worthy of awards like the Collapsing Star Ribbon of Success, the Black Hole Badge of Triumph, the Red Giant Sash of Honor, the Distant Nebula's Laurel Crown, or the White Dwarf Medal of Achievement. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, don't steal our asteroid, or our good moods, and make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts if you haven't already. We can't wait to hear your thoughts on this latest entry into Wes Anderson's incomparable film, Repertoire. Please let us know by writing in to wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if you think you'd feel more at home outside of the Earth's atmosphere, you can reach us on Twitter at geekcentricyt and on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Uh, Well, we are well underway on our geekcentric summer marathon Available now are our spoiler-free and spoiler-filled reviews of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, as well as our spoiler-free thoughts on Transformers Rise of the Beasts and Pixar's Elemental. We just released interviews with some of the incredible talent behind Marvel's Secret Invasion, as well as our spoiler-free thoughts for Episodes 1 and 2, and our newest Watch Club series for the show begins this Friday, so be sure to check those out. Also coming at you like a thundering boulder are interviews with some of the cast, as well as our spoiler-free review for Indiana Jones and The Dial of Destiny. Of course, summer is just getting started, and we will have a ton more reviews, interviews, and more coming out for the biggest in TV and movies all season long. But until then, Darcy, Justin, thanks for hanging out and doing what we love. And as we say, laters, get home safe, guys. Peace.